Mackerel Podcast number 398 for March 12th, 2014. Brought to you by Backblaze Online Backups. $5 a month, unlimited, unthrottled, uncomplicated, and go to meeting by Citrix, the powerfully simple way to meet and collaborate online wherever you need to, wherever you are. I'm Chris Breen, and I'm back once again with my co-pilot, Serenity Caldwell. Hi, Ren. Hello, Chris. How have you been? Um, you know, last podcast I said I had a cold, and it became one. And so now you hear sort of the remnants of it. And uh, But I can speak, unlike three days ago. That's good. It's mostly gone. Yeah, mostly gone. And uh, we also have joining us Gene McDonald, who has had a momentous announcement in, in the last week. Hi, Gene. Hi, Chris. Hey, Ren. How are you guys? Yeah, pretty good over on this end. <laughs> a little busy here in the in the virtual Macworld offices, uh, yeah. but it's fun to get a chance to sit down and talk with you. Cool. Same Indeed here. It is. Um, so I think for those people who have no idea who Gene McDonald is, um, and everybody within the Mac community knows Gene and, and has for years, but those of you listening may not. So Gene, uh, why don't you give us your background and maybe hint why you're here today? Sure. Um, I have worked in the Mac software industry for almost 10 years now, um, mostly with uh, Smile, uh, who make Text Expander and PDF Pen. Um, I have done mostly all the marketing and um, customer relationship community uh, stuff. Everything I did a little of everything there except for uh, writing the code um, for the software. Um, and uh, last year, I started a, a nonprofit called App Camp for Girls, um, which I got interested in because I really, you know, it was just. It's pretty obvious to anybody who goes to a tech conference and. Certainly, Apple developers are no different. That there's almost no women in the business, and um, there's certainly plenty of theories floating around why that would be. But for me, I just felt like, yeah, I think we can make we can do better if we just if we at least tried to do something to get girls a little bit more interested in this um, field as a, as a potential career. So I started that last year. I was doing it as kind of a side project. Um, but it quickly mushroomed into a huge project um, that I was really blown away by the reception for the idea and the demand on the part of parents <coughs> and and girls. And so um, this last week I announced that I am leaving Smile to, to vote myself full time to App Camp for Girls. And that's that was my week. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit crazy, but congratulations. I don't think I've said that to you personally yet. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's really fabulous. And, of course, we're going to miss you uh, hanging around at Smile and throwing the fantastic Smile parties at the <laughs> and Macro Expo, which is how I met you, I think, in the first place. Yeah. Uh, was getting an invite my very first year at Macworld. Yeah. Uh, but App Camp for Girls seems like such a fantastic endeavor. Um, I was following it with great interest. I think I pledged a little bit to your... It wasn't a Kickstarter, right? It was an Indiegogo? I can't yeah, exactly. it yeah. was actually Indiegogo because you can't actually do a Kickstarter to raise money for a nonprofit. You have to have uh-huh. a thing, you know, like a project that has a beginning and an end or a product. Um, as that's a Kickstarter rule. But Indiegogo was, it, you know, it's They're essentially the <laughs> same principle, but yeah. Yeah, uh, so- so I'm interested in, um, you know, Serenity, you, you've come up into the tech business and, and you're still, uh, compared to me, a, uh, a reasonably young person. <laughs> um, and what was it like for you coming up to be interested in technology where there do tend to be a lot of boys and a lot of men and, and women still are, unfortunately, far more rare? I think I was lucky in a variety of ways because I had, first of all, I had a a father who was very supportive of tech and really, like, he was a huge Mac geek and a, a, you know, all things technology and got me interested in that really early on. And I also, I had the benefit of not necessarily going to an app camp for girls per se, but um, 
in Los Angeles, there are a variety of after-school programs and summer school programs and, in my case, Saturday school programs um, that were based around kids who are interested in science and technology. And I remember going to one when I was eight or nine, something like that, uh, for, I think, two years worth of Saturdays. And, you know, you look at a little kid and you're like, you're, you're eight years old and you're spending your Saturday at school. What's wrong with you? Um, but I got to do a lot of really, really cool things at that Saturday program. I mean, we were taught like how to weld, um, and how to solder. So I like, I knew how to put together, um, little tiny alarms and transistors when I was, you know, before I had hit double digits. Um, and we learned, you know, how, how a computer program is made and we got to code, um, very, very basic DOS programs, um, as well as Matt, like coding in HyperCard and uh, playing around with a lot of cool things. And that really got me excited about science. That was a definite uh, one of those one of those moments that you look back on. You always have good memories about. Um, unfortunately, they shut the program down because of lack of funding. Surprise, surprise. Uh, so I don't think there it's available for kids anymore, which which makes me kind of sad. But um, after that point, it it was very hard to be a girl interested in tech um, and have a safe space for that. Uh, when we, I went to a, a different summer school program um, where there were, you know, lots of crazy things available, including rocket building, um, and preferential treatment was given in that rocket building class to students who already went to that school, and that school happened to be primarily boys. Um, so as an, as someone who did not go to that private school, who was just going to the summer program, I was almost always shut out of like the really cool classes. And I still got to take like guitar and, uh, uh, like pottery, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the same kind of, uh, it wasn't quite what I was interested in. I was really kind of bummed about that. And junior high and high school, well, junior high specifically is where I think girls get really, girls and boys get really mean about this subject. And if you're, if you're interested in tech, you're a dork and you, you know, should not, <laughs> you should go away. You shouldn't be here. Uh, and it's, it gets really, uh, really depressing. For me, I kind of just kind of toughened it out and learned to hang with the boys. And I didn't have a lot of girlfriends until, uh, until high school when I went to more of an arts and tech friendly high school. But, uh, it's, I mean, you really like, there's a point when you're younger where it's a lot more encouraged and a lot more girls can do anything. And then you hit this danger point between nine and 15 uh, where I think it's really, really easy to get discouraged about science or about tech or about programming or engineering uh, because you're basically being told, no, uh, you shouldn't really be doing this. Go, uh, go play something else. I think it might be getting better given that technology is becoming more and more a daily part of our life but definitely when I was growing up in the 90s it was it was still very very rare for uh for women to and girls to be able to to get to play with this kind of stuff so that's that's sort of my experience uh coming through life <laughs> so Jean what can app camp for girls do to address some of these issues well um I think one of the most important things that we offer is an all-female uh, environment for girls to uh, learn to be creative with. Uh, specifically at App Camp, we do iPhone apps. Um, we, um, and in fact, many of the girls who we had last summer that they men mentioned that specifically that they were really happy to have a chance to work in this stuff and not be the only girl. In fact, you know, that there were no boys and uh, they got to make friends who were equally, you know, as excited about um, learning to build apps as they were. So, you know, I think, it, you know, some people can, can go it alone. It's not like there's no women who have uh, become great computer programmers for sure. But, uh, you know, if we're going to encourage people, I think, um, and encourage girls specifically, giving them um, as rents as a safe space to be um, where they don't feel like they have to defer to the boys or to the male instructor. Um, you know, and plus they get to see that there are women who are equally excited about this kind of stuff as they, they are. So um, 
it, um, I think that helps a lot. And um, the other thing, um, I mean, one of the reasons I had this idea and how the model has kind of evolved is that I've been involved in a program here in Portland, Oregon, called the Rock and Roll Camp for Girls. Um, I went as a camper. They do like a ladies' version of the camp um, about six years ago, and I just loved it. And then I started volunteering as a guitar teacher for the girls' camp. And it's a week-long camp, and they take girls who have never done any music, I mean, some of them have, but that you don't, it's not a prerequisite to play an instrument or have had any musical background. Um, and they, they have instrument instruction and they form bands and they write a song and they practice every day. And then they, uh, the last day of camp, they do a big showcase, like in a real big theater here in Portland. So they get to be rock stars. They go from zero to rock star. Um, and, I've noticed that, you know, a lot of these girls go on and, and they continue to either stay with the band that they formed at camp or they form new bands with other girls and they keep playing and um, showing up, you know, around town, these girls rock bands. And I think that's something, you know, that's changing. I mean, rock and roll isn't probably as bad as, as computer science in terms of the gender imbalance, but it's also a, has traditionally been a pretty boy oriented um yeah. enterprise oh absolutely so, yeah, girls can play uh you know the average song on the guitar or piano but if they want to play hard rock there's not that really there are not that many outlets for them right and so and that rock and roll camp for girls it's all women instructors you know professional musicians um you know who who really rock out and i think especially what i think is cool is how girls learn to how to play the you know, the drums, which I know when I was a kid, I didn't even think you could play the drums if you were a girl. Like, <laughs> you know, a band might have a female vocalist, right? but there was never a band with a female drummer. I mean, back, of course, I'm older than uh, you, Ren, and I grew up in the 70s. And um, the Runaways, you know, was like the first girl band that really came to any prominence, and that was the late 70s. And um, Anyway, but that... So having that um, that kind of supportive environment for girls to try something new that they haven't tried before and to succeed in it. Um, uh, another thing that's important for us is that we want them to have some kind of tangible success by the end of the week so that they – and so we've, we've – um, we have a set of iPod touches that we bought, you know, for the whole camp. So every girl has an iPod touch to use during the week. Um, and that way they can play with apps, you know, and, and you know, some, a lot of them actually don't have iPhones, despite what, you know, we think of kid, a lot of kids having iPhones. I would say of the campers we had, less than half of them had their own iPhone. So to get a, a feel for the platform and how apps work, but also to have a device on which we can build the app that they work on during the week so that they c they don't just see it up on the screen and simulator or, you know, some kind of uh, prototype. It's It runs on the iPod Touch, and they can take that home and show their parents and their friends and siblings and, and be really proud of it. And there is pretty much no greater moment, and I know I've experienced it myself, than the first time you get something on the device that you had a hand in creating um it's so cool and i like I, and i think that's you know that's really important is to to get to a payoff by the end of the week that will inspire them to do the hard work that's really required you know to become a programmer you can't learn it in a week obviously um but they know what the the roadmap is now you know if they want to do it they know they have to learn objective c you know and they know that they have to you know learn how to do user interfaces and testing and debugging and all of that stuff too they get a little taste of everything during the week of app camp very cool uh we're going to be back with gene and ren but first this word from backblaze online backup we're aware that we must have a backup of our data, right? And we're just as aware that having a local backup, meaning that extra hard drive that's connected to your Mac, isn't always enough. Yes? What if that hard drive fails or it's struck by a roving meteor? Disaster, that's what. 
And that's why it's wise to have an online backup. And the one that I'd like to talk to you about is Backblaze. It's just $5 a month and backs up everything on your computer to Backblaze's servers except the operating system, applications, and temporary files. And it does it all in the background without you needing to do anything. And if you need to, you can easily restore one file or all of your files. In addition, Backblaze offers email alert notifications for added peace of mind. Founded by ex-Apple engineers, Backblaze runs natively on your Mac and on Mavericks and also on your PC. You can start your 15-day free trial with no credit card required. Just enter an email and password and you're off to the races. No add-ons, no gimmicks, or additional charges. It's just $5 a month per computer for unlimited, unthrottled backup. To start your free trial, go to www.backblaze.com slash macworldpodcast. Again, that's www.backblaze.com slash macworldpodcast. So, Gene, what's the plan exactly for App Camp for Girls this year? Uh, now that you've had you have more time to devote to it, I know you you guys ran one camp last year. Is the plan to to run more camps um, in your area? Is the plan to branch out? Well, yeah. So last summer we did two week long camps, um, and we they were small. Uh, each camp was twelve girls, um, and uh, we were really focused on like do we have a curriculum that works? I mean, the first time we did it, I didn't know, you know, and I talked to all the parents in advance, you know, of them signing up their girls and say, you know, we are really trying something experimental. And the idea is that we'll be able to build an app in a week, but we, you know, we haven't done it before. So I just want to say, yes, you, you guys are guinea pigs, you know, in this process. Mm -hmm. And we're pretty cool with that. Um, So, this um so that was the main focus last summer is just can it is it even possible um this year we have um an additional goal which is is it possible to bring app camp to another location um and when i say bring i don't mean we all go there and do it um you know our portland team but that can we um get the materials together and the funding and the and the equipment and curriculum in such a way that we can hand it off to another group of women who want to put it on where they are. Um, so so year two is the 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 you know branching out uh, to other cities. Let's see if we can do that. Um, so we have a couple of other locations we're talking to right now. I don't have anything specific to announce yet, but um, the uh, we do have camp planned for Portland for this summer um, with uh, in July and August. Um, so and and we're still focusing. On, you know, we're actually staying small. Um, we want to really make sure we have the curriculum down pat. And also, um, you know, one of the biggest challenges for us the I would say the main gating factor in growing is finding the qualified volunteers uh, because there's not that many women <laughs> in software oh. development. It's hard to find the um, women who are qualified and have the time. I mean, it's it's a pretty big commitment to, to work for a whole week with the girls, but we feel it's important to have continuity for the week and that they develop a bond with their team you know, leader, project manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking, figuring out how uh, to recruit more women and even, um, we, you know, would like to, we've, it's become obvious that we, we need to invest in women to train them so that they can be counselors at App Camp. Um, so, so, but I, even though we started off being focused on girls, it became pretty clear last summer that focusing um, on girls requires a focus on women as well. Hmm. This is really, really fantastic, Jean. I'm I'm really excited that you came to talk with us about this because I, I just think it's fantastic. It's pretty exciting, I have to say. I've been blown away, as I said, by the um, the 
the reception on every level and the Mac using and iPhone using community uh, and developers have been especially supportive and uh, if we had unlimited funds and the volunteers we could do app camp everywhere tomorrow because there's such a demand for it and everybody is asking when can we have it in our location and that's one of the reasons that um, it became clear to me that I needed to devote myself to this full time as the demand is there and and we want to meet it. Yeah, when when we first started doing it, um, I guess I heard about it last year when we were going to launch the first one and I I kicked in some money for it. And, And I was so excited about it because I'm a father of a daughter. And a few years ago, she said, I want to write an app. And I had no idea where to start. I just didn't know what I could possibly do to help her with this because I don't know how to program. Um, you know, I got like Lego, the Lego robot, and, and sort of showed her visual programming through their interface. But there are so few resources. So let's say I can't send my daughter to App Camp. Are there any things I can do now to kind of help her along, even though I'm not a programmer? It's a really good question because it will be a while before we can bring App Camp <coughs> to. Um, you know, the number of girls who are really interested in it. Um, So people ask me that a lot. And I tell them at least maybe start them out um, on Codecademy, um, which is uh, a – it's a really cool website-based program for learning how to program. Um, It does things in small chunks. It gives you badges. (laughs) Uh, It's free. And I I say to people, just get them to learn JavaScript on um, codeacademy.com. And um, if they like that, then I would introduce them uh, to Objective-C. I mean, if they want to make iPhone apps, that is. Mm -hmm. And um, there's the Big Nerd Ranch um, guide to uh, learning Objective-C, which is really great. It's one of the best tech books I've ever used in terms of being clear and ha- taking things in the right, you know, uh, right speed, the right amount of chunks of information. Um, and uh, recently I discovered another uh, online program called Treehouse, uh, teamtreehouse.com. And and they have an iOS programming series, um, which starts with C and Objective-C. And it seems pretty good, a little, maybe a little dry, but... For the motivated kid, it's um, it's a good uh, start. So that's that's what I would would uh, encourage. Um, there's other stuff that's you know not so iPhone related. Like um, at MIT, they've developed a programming platform called Scratch, which uh, a lot of people really like, and it makes it easy for anyone you know to do do some basic programming. So that would be another place I would turn to. How many girls did you have in camp last year, and how many instructors, and who were they? Um, We had uh, 12 girls in each session, so 24 total. Um, The girls are broken into groups of four, um, and uh, they work on an app together. And each each group has a counselor. Um, we we say like a development team leader for their their little software company. So they 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 come up with a name for their company, and of course they they work on an app together. <clears throat> and I think that's part of the fun too. Is you know to 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 design logos and you know company brand branding, and in addition to doing programming. So we had. Um, so the three uh, camp counselors, as you know, as what they were essentially, plus myself and um, Natalie Osten, who is our lead developer. So she's a full-time iOS um, developer, uh, actually working for Smile now, <laughs> and she's um, she's just awesome. She developed the templates that we use with the girls, so we don't design an iPhone app from scratch. Um, we, you know, it's just not possible to build something from zero all the way mm-hmm. to finish. So she came up with the plan of, you know, building the underpinnings of an app 
that the girls could totally customize and then test and debug and you know we even left some bugs in the into the in the framework so they could find them and um, that worked really well and it also you know f- helped us deal with the the shortage of iOS developers that you know I, I originally thought well we'll we'll get women iOS developers to to be the counselors but because there's so few it was just not realistic to get three women for a whole week um who were developers and instead we we um we had awesome volunteers who were either programmers or um a couple of people who do tech support you know women who have uh, experience in the software industry and experience using, you know, Macintosh uh, programs. So things like Xcode, while it's big and, and unwieldy, it's still just a Mac program. And uh, uh, with Natalie's coaching, um, our other counselors could learn how to um, use the templates to t- teach the girls how to make iPhone apps. So... So that worked out really well. Um, uh, the counselors that we had last summer, uh, we had uh, Kelly Gamont from uh, Tua, actually, and she worked tech support for a lot of software companies. Um, Maya Olson, also from Smile, and um, Momoko Saunders, who was a Rails programmer, self-taught Rails programmer, and she uh, now, in the, you know, since then has become an iOS programmer, which makes me really happy. Um, we also were lucky we had a couple women from Omni in Seattle were really enthusiastic about the program, and they came down and helped us out as well, uh, Liz Marley and Christina Sontag. And um, they brought especially their um, you know, project management and debugging, uh, testing backgrounds to the girls, and that, that turned out to be a really uh, uh, Good, you know, some of the girls were really excited about testing. That was cool. And what did the uh, what did the apps end up being at the end of the week? Um, they were personality quizzes, and mm-hmm. um, each uh, each group did a completely different quiz. But all of the quizzes had five questions, four answers for each question, and four potential outcomes. So they had to decide what what the quiz would be. Um, and what you know, work on the questions and um, figure out how to grade the quizzes. So um, you know, when people would would put in their answers, what did those answers end up meaning, and how would you end up with a particular result? Uh, and they were they were so creative. It was really um, really fun to watch them build these quizzes. Uh, the they did things like what kind of penguin are you, you know, and they'd have questions, uh, you know, is your favorite, you know, TV show Star Trek or is top model or is it this or that, you know, and you might be a nerdy penguin or a diva penguin or sporty penguin at the end of the quiz. Um, 95% of those of us who took the quiz were nerdy penguins, of course, because it was kind of a self-selected group. But, But there were others that were like, um uh what what house would you be in in uh in Harry Potter so you know it was a sorting hat uh app and uh you had five questions to answer and um I'm, i since i wasn't like involved in the the like nitty gritty of of the girls building the apps i'm still not 100% sure how they did the scoring but i found it very hard to get into gryffindor <laughs> i took it many times really so there are a lot of slytherins there are i don't know i kept getting in hufflepuff i don't know why and and the girls told me that was that was uh that was a pretty apt house for me, so I just took their word for it. But uh, the mix of all of the houses—it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was—I mean, it was neat. My, I think my favorite was this one called the—they called it the Cork Quiz. Basically, how uh, a personality test based on what you like to eat for breakfast. So they—I mean, it was just—it was. Just, it was off the charts clever with uh you know if you picked waffles you might end up with the uh 
the re- ultimate result was that you're a perfectionist, right? Because you like things in grids, um, or <laughs> you know, they just they they had a. And they put hashtags in everything, which cracked me up as well, you know. So you're the kind of person who says you only live once, hashtag YOLO, you know. So I learned a lot of little slang things, too. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, I don't think I knew what YOLO was until then. Um, I want to ask you, as uh, as representatives of your gender, if uh, <laughs> if women were doing more programming, do you think we would see different kinds of apps? I don't know, actually. I Possibly. I mean, it. I don't necessarily know that ideas go down a gender baseline, but, um, you know, it's, it's hard to say what, uh, what would and would not exist, right? It's like, it's almost like saying, um, do you think the iPhone would have existed if Steve Jobs hadn't been alive, right? It's, it's the if there are people who would be in this field who aren't in this field who have fantastic ideas, um, whether or not they're women, uh, may or may or may not change the the factor of ideas. Right? Um, women can make funny fart apps just as much as as guys can. I mean, I think that based on the the brainstorming that the girls did, because we did have a, a pretty extensive brainstorming exercise so that they could, even though we weren't going to be able to build like their big ideas that week, we wanted them to have big ideas um, and, and have something to think about, you know, going forward. Um, I would say you will see more apps related to fashion, you know, <laughs> and you'll see more apps related to, to certain hobbies that girls tend to favor more than boys and, um, pets and uh, things like that. But, you know, I think that's, you know, that's one part of it. But uh, but in general, I, I agree with with Ren that it will and, it, you know, it, it will see more creative ideas, whether they um, are specifically women oriented or not, um, are, you know, it's, it's not um, it's not really the big issue. It's just that there's a whole whole range of people who aren't contributing to this marketplace right now. Um, and considering how important um, mobile app development is in, in the economy and the uh, culture right now, it seems like it, <clears throat> it's important to uh, try to be more inclusive uh, as we go forward. Right, yeah. What prompted the question is that I do see a lot of apps that are quote unquote designed for women or for girls <laughs> uh, by men and and i I suspect that that there are women that are contributing to this as well in terms of some ideas but i I do wonder if they were wholly hatched by women that if if they wouldn't perhaps be so condescending or like, oh well, women only care about x, y, and z you know oh look, it's a shoe app or it's some you know it's something kind of a typical dopey man would think, oh well, girls would like this. And I know there are lots of apps like that my daughter has no interest in, and I, you know, is slightly offended by them. Yeah, I mean, those, it, it, I have seen those apps, and like, it's particularly, let's, shall we say, in the health field, and I look at mm-hmm. them and say, boy, I don't think any woman had any, you know, any contributed any feedback to this app because. I would not make this pink and red. First of all, that's wrong, <laughs> and uh, you know that it's it's kind of embarrassing. And I can't imagine that these apps do that well. Um, that haven't um, you know that haven't been really worked on from the ground up by the target audience, women. I mean, if it's if it's women's health, uh, I think women probably have. Um, something to contribute there. <laughs> However, you know, I wasn't, I don't remember the first time I had a female doctor. You know, I tell people these, you know, things about software, it looks bad now, but, you know, if you go back to when um, I was in high school, in junior high school, that there were no women's basketball teams or, you know, women's soccer teams even. There was no, and the whole uh, thing of Title Nine, which, you know, said we have to have parity for funding for boys and girls sports when it 
when it first came out, I thought, well, I don't really understand that because girls don't play those sports, right? <laughs> and and of course they do if they they're encouraged and um you know there used to not be many women doctors and not many women lawyers and now i would say it's probably i don't know for sure but it's got to be close to half and half there's more women in college than men now so at some point so there'll be more women software developers <laughs> maybe in the distant future but i think that's that's totally possible I certainly hope so. Uh, I need to take another break right now uh, because we're going to talk about GoToMeeting by Citrix. We're aware that we must have a backup of our data, right? And we're just as aware that having a local backup, meaning that extra hard drive that's connected to your Mac, isn't always enough. Yes? What if that hard drive fails or it's struck by a roving meteor? Disaster, that's what. And that's why it's wise to have an online backup. And the one that I'd like to talk to you about is Backblaze. It's just $5 a month and backs up everything on your computer to Backblaze's servers except the operating system, applications, and temporary files. And it does it all in the background without you needing to do anything. And if you need to, you can easily restore one file or all of your files. In addition, Backblaze offers email alert notifications for added peace of mind. Founded by ex-Apple engineers, Backblaze runs natively on your Mac and on Mavericks and also on your PC. You can start your 15-day free trial with no credit card required. Just enter an email and password, and you're off to the races. No add-ons, no gimmicks, or additional charges. It's just $5 a month per computer for unlimited, unthrottled backup. To start your free trial, go to www.backblaze.com slash macworldpodcast. Again, that's www.backblaze.com slash macworldpodcast. Well, Jean, we've talked a little bit about where uh, where App Camp for Girls is going in the next year. I, I want to know kind of your your long term uh, supervision for for this project. Uh, where do you see it in a couple of years from now? Where do you hope that it's going to go? Well, I I hope that we can have App Camp in every place that ha- that there's interested girls. Um, really, world domination is our, <laughs> our uh, agenda. Uh, I mean world, you know, definitely people have been in touch with me from uh, outside the U.S. And, and uh, um, so uh, to the extent that we can have it wherever there is a need, that would be um, my goals. And if you want to say five years from now, if we had 50 app camps, that would be awesome. Um, and um, the um, yeah, so the the to to have 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 the program in a lot of places and make it um, the other part of it that we really need to work on um, going forward is doing something that's during the school year. Because as you can imagine, with programming, it's not something you can do for like a week in the summer, every summer, and become a programmer at the end of it. Programming, <coughs> learning how to program is uh, is a, a task. You have to work at it daily um, to get good at it. And right now, we don't have the infrastructure to coach the girls after camp, but um, there are these online opportunities. That's um, what I'm hoping will will uh, be able to do um, after this summer is say take a group of girls who's interested through the Objective C um, class at Treehouse, or um, you know go through the the Big Nerd Ranch Objective C book, you know, and as a group. Um, but we'd also like to um, work on after school programs at schools, um, and actually, and teachers have expressed interest in that as well. So. So something year-round and everywhere where we can do it. Ambitious, and I hope you get there. <laughs> Me too. Uh, speaking of ambition, and um, and I think maybe this will do it and we'll wrap up, I want to talk about just funding something like this, not necessarily at App Camp for Girls, but still, this is a big idea and a challenging one. How did you put together the resources for doing it? And if somebody else has a big idea, how do they get started? Um, it's a really good question. Um, we uh, Last summer, as we were saying, we did an Indiegogo 
campaign, um, and it ran for six weeks from before WWDC until the week after the World Domination Summit, which is a conference here in Portland um, where a lot of uh, our fans um, and supporters come to that conference. So we – and we – we had targeted raising $50,000, which um, was intended to pay for last summer's expenses. You know, we had a lot of equipment uh, up front that we had to buy and uh, pay for some of the, you know, just upkeep of the organization. There's a lot of things that we have to pay for, um, the, you know, the mailbox, the the contacts management database, the, you know, um, Things like that, um, accountants, mm-hmm. legal, etc. Um, and uh, what <clears throat> ended up happening is we raised the fifty thousand dollars in three days, um, and we had forty more days to go. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I I was not. I've been telling people who ask me now, of course, people come to me and say, like, how do you do it? And I'm like, well, you have to have this really enthusiastic community. It has to be really well, like, connected to things like social media and uh, blogs. You you know, you need a couple of big um, names with lots of followers to to back you enthusiastically and – and then you also have to be prepared to be more successful than you can possibly imagine um, because people will say, okay, so you raised the 50000 in three days. What are you going to do next? And that basically we said, okay, if we double it, we can, we can do camp somewhere else besides Portland next summer. Uh, we can't really say where because we, don't, we need the, the resources on the ground and, and we don't know how much it's going to cost exactly yet, but, but we can definitely put that as a priority to branch out. Um, the, uh, and we ended up raising $106,000 uh, through Indiegogo. Um, so one thing is that we purposefully did an Indiegogo to raise the initial money um, as opposed to writing grant proposals and getting or getting corporate sponsorship like up front because I just felt it was important that if we wanted to raise big money from our community that they should be in on the ground floor um, that we weren't asking them for extra money we were asking them to support it to get it off the ground um, and then the bigger funding um, proposals could come later and uh, that's um, that's my third uh, focus this year. You know, in addition to to uh, nailing down the curriculum and getting more volunteers, is to um, identify and secure sources of funding that will keep us going multiple years, and we can plan for this big world domination that we we uh, <laughs> think we can achieve. Um, I think. It, if somebody, I think that crowdfunding is a good way to get like a big idea off the ground. If you have the right big idea, obviously, there's a lot of failed crowdfunding campaigns, um, and uh, some of them make really obvious mistakes. But others, I think, it just you have to have a really sticky idea that people uh, really, you know, get excited about supporting um, in a big way and. Um, I always thought that App Camp would be an idea like this, and I just had no idea that it would be so successful. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you were kind of overwhelmed by the response. <clears throat> I was. <laughs> I still am. Um, you know, we get um, we probably get four or five times as many uh, interested uh, parents as we have space for girls uh, right now, and um, that's. I mean, it's it's great to know that we have um, something that everybody wants to do, but it's it's a little heart wrenching to me to think about not being able to accommodate all those girls who really want to come. Yeah, because I know when the campaign first launched, there were so many friends of mine, and a lot of them are parents of, of 
girls who just thought, well, yeah, of course. Why hasn't somebody done this before? <laughs> and we so desperately want that resource because, you know, we're kind of geeky and like, yeah, we want our, our daughters to have that kind of opportunity as well, not just leave it to the boys, but let the girls get in there and, and tussle with them as they would with anything else. So um, I think it was such a brilliant idea to begin with. I'm so glad that people responded as enthusiastically as they did. And, uh, and I hope that it goes forward and that you do get that kind of corporate big money to keep it going um, after you've got the initial influx from uh, from regular people. <laughs> Appeal um, to Tim Cook's new uh, sense of giving. Yeah. There you go. Uh, believe me, <laughs> it has not uh, gone unnoticed by Ooh. me. But uh, there's, well, you know, there's quite a few people in our uh our business who have done very well and uh, are very big-hearted and forward-thinking, and so um, I'm I'm pretty confident uh, that uh, it it will happen. Um, I do have some good advisors who have you know kind of entrepreneurial startup uh, uh, backgrounds, and um, it's now it's just really up to me to to basically create a business plan that uh, mm-hmm. that will attract that kind of capital. Uh, do you see any future in an app camp for Android? <laughs> um, yes, I, I, I do. I, I mean, it's okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm not judging. <laughs> I, I mean, podcast, but that's fine. <laughs> you know how it is. It's, I mean, I personally, I, I have never had an Android device. I hardly know anybody with an Android device or who writes um, software for Android devices. So it's hard for me to personally get like, whoa, we should do Android. But um, I do think that there will be room to branch out um, as as we, you know, branch out in other ways uh, to not focus solely on, on Apple uh, products. But <clears throat> I think it is important to have both. I thought you were going to ask me if there would be room for App Camp for boys. <laughs> Uh, boys already have app camp. It's called Life. <laughs> They're doing fine. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have friends and you know acquaintances who are mothers of of, of boys in our age group, and they're like, "Man, if you if you had something like this for boys, we would totally jump on it." And uh, I don't like excluding anybody, but I do know that it makes a big difference to the girls to have this all-girl situation. So I just say, you know, when we get to that point where it's, you know, the, the balance has been, uh, you know, has, has got, the gender balance is, is a little bit more even, I could totally see, you know, doing app camp for boys. But right now, since our goal is to try to um, encourage girls that we would not be, be focusing on boys in the near future. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see it also if you did in the eventual future, it would probably still be somewhat segregated in terms of having a separate rather than a co-ed camp. Well, I mean, this is one of my ideas for rock camp, and I think I would do it for app camp as well, is to have the same instructors, women, with boys as campers hmm. and give them a uh, chance to see that, you know, women can do these things too and they can be good teachers and uh, they can learn from them. So to turn it a little bit on its head um, and, and as opposed to just having all guys, an all guy camp. So I like that idea a lot, actually. Yeah. Giving them strong female role models. I mean, they probably have it in their parents, sure, but it's, it's nice to be able to see uh, women in all fields being, you know, uh, respected and strong and very good at their jobs. Yeah. So that might be that might be the way that we we justify having a boy oriented program. Okay, so where can people go for more information about App Camps for, for girls? Um, we have a website. It's uh, appcampforgirls.com, and the four is the number four. Um, although if you type out F O R, it will also go to appcampforgirls.com because we're smart like that. Um, <laughs> So, um, and uh, that's the best place my, I can be reached. My email is uh, right there um, if somebody wants to contact me. Um, and it's really me right now fielding all the email and stuff. But um, as we grow, we will get more helpers. 
Okay. And are you still taking contributions? We are. Actually, on our website, um, there is a uh, contribution page. Um, there's a PayPal donate button, um, or we take paper checks, too. Um, we, we're really lucky uh, to be working with a organization here in Portland called the uh, Technology Association of Oregon. Um, they have a foundation for technology education, and when we got started, they agreed to be our fiscal sponsor, which means that uh, they are a 501c3 uh, organization, and they can uh, we can raise money through them, um, and it will be tax deductible. Um, and uh, so that's if you go to contribute, you'll you'll see that explanation that your money actually goes to Technology Association of Oregon, which they hold for App Camp for Girls, and they pay our, um, our expenses when we have them. So uh, it's it's awesome. <laughs> it, so it's a little thing I didn't know about until I started talking to people about starting a nonprofit, which is takes a long time potentially to get your own IRS 501c3 designation um, and that it wouldn't it, it, it's not a bad idea to you know, work with the beginning with a an established 501c3 that not only can you know run the the money side of your operation but also um, give you support and uh, help in general because they're they've been doing this a lot longer than we have well, excellent. I I wish you the best of luck on this, sincerely. I hope that someday my daughter can attend. Uh, but if not, if, if you never get down this way, uh, <laughs> good luck dominating the world. I, I oh. look forward to your benevolent overlord. <laughs> Actually, you reminded me, we are doing a session at Macworld Expo. Um, oh, okay, good. And what is, what is uh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, Saturday morning we're doing a two-hour open house um, in the conference, but you don't have to have a conference pass to get into this session. It's open to everybody, you know, regardless of what kind of badge they have, because we want um, to encourage people to bring their girls. Um, so it'll be sort of part um, presentation, part hands-on, not with the computers, uh, because it's just not technically feasible, but we will do some of the brainstorming um, and, you know, wireframing exercises that we do in, in at App Camp, and then we've assembled a pretty uh, stellar panel of women investors uh, to listen to girls' app ideas and give them feedback. Um, that's what we do at camp at the end of the week. We have an, a pitch session, basically, um, with women investors and girls uh, show off their ideas and get um, feedback and get the um, experience of uh, presenting their stuff. So, so it would be pr very cool, um, and I would say anybody in the Bay Area that has uh, a daughter, um, you know, in that 12, 13, 14-year-old range, although, you know, everybody's welcome, uh, should try to make it on Saturday morning at Macworld Expo. That sounds so great. I'm definitely going to try and check out the session. Great. I will, too. I'll bring my daughter. That would be great. Yeah. No, she, she's going to be thrilled about this. Um, thank you very much, Jean. Again, good luck, and, uh, and I'll see you at Expo. Yeah, see you guys at Expo. I can't wait. And that wraps up this episode of the Macworld Podcast, brought to you by Backblaze Online Backups. $5 a month, unlimited, unthrottled, uncomplicated. And go to Meeting by Citrix, the powerfully simple way to meet and collaborate online. Whenever you need to, wherever you are. Thanks very much for listening.